We get a lot of questions about high days, refeeds, diet breaks, cheat meals. When would you use them? How to use them? What strategies should you use? And are they even necessary during a dieting phase? In this episode of Solar Solutions, I am going to go through just that. When you should use a high day, what are the symptoms that you may need a high day, and some of the best approaches to go through it. So first thing we want to look at when we're talking about high days is when might we use them? And there are a number of reasons for this, both mental and physical. The first one, I think in a lot of ways, is the most important one that doesn't isn't given enough talking points or enough conversation, is giving you or a client a mental break from a diet. Dieting is something that is so all-encompassing, more than any other sport. If we go and play, go to football practice or rugby practice or whatever, boxing practice, or whatever sport we do, we go, we turn up, we leave, and that is it. When you're looking to get in shape, you're looking to get in the best shape of your life, it doesn't end at the gym. When you leave the gym every single second of every day, becomes really, really important. And what you eat in those other 23 hours of the day are massively important to the results you get. This can be something that is, is you know, you th- get into the process and you thrive and start to enjoy and build some habits. But if you've got a really big goal to achieve, it can be mentally taxing. Sometimes rather than looking at this as a 20, 30, 40 week process, breaking this down into smaller blocks, giving ourselves a mental break, we're going hard for a period of time, back off, go hard again, will allow us to stay more consistent over the long term, as opposed to crashing and burning, going extra hard in the diet, giving up at week two, and then struggling to get back into the swing of things afterwards and losing that level of consistency. So that's point one. The second reason, it can offset some level of down-regulation of hormones. Now, as we diet, especially as we diet for a prolonged period of time, certain hormones are going to down-regulate. So things like thyroid, testosterone in particular, are going to go down as we spend longer and longer into a deficit. Now, we can manage this and minimize this with the level of deficit and severity of deficit that we have and the length of time that we spend dieting. But we want to occasionally use high days, refeeds, and diet breaks to upregulate those things to keep the effectiveness of the diet. Bear in mind, this takes a long time to happen. And there will be symptoms if you have low testosterone. And there will be symptoms if your thyroid is down, other than just the fact that your fat loss is stalled. If your fat loss is stalled and you think at this moment in time that maybe you have a down regulation in hormones, check for other symptoms like low energy, fatigue, low libido. Rather than just looking at it as, my diet is stalled, I must have a low thyroid output. In reality, there's probably tracking error that is a bigger reason why your diet has stalled. The next thing is, can replenish glycogen stores to improve performance? Glycogen is the store form of carbohydrates within a muscle. If you imagine your muscles like a sponge, a full sponge at the start of the diet, filled with carbohydrates, as we train, as we diet, we're depleting that sponge. We're squeezing that sponge full of glycogen, and that sponge now looks smaller. This is often the reason why guys give up on a diet, because they feel like they're getting skinny and small, when in reality, they're just looking flat. There's an inevitability when dieting, but replenishing, like pouring some carbohydrates or some water onto that sponge to fill it back up, can allow us to look a little bit better and make us feel less skinny. It can allow us to perform better in the gym and get more from our workouts and improve our level of muscularity or hold on to a little bit more muscle tissue. It can temporarily increase NEAT. So NEAT is what we call non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is what we often talk about in dieting as steps, but it's not really steps. So NEAT is your subconscious movement. It's fidgeting. It's moving around. Now, often coaches increase people's step counts 
to offset this natural downregulation of NEAT. As we go into a diet, our body will try and conserve energy. It'll lean more. It will slow us down. Now, I'm never going to give a client a goal of you need to fidget more. So we increase the steps and increase the activity to offset this natural downregulation. But we throw in a high carb day or a diet break, our body feels we're not in a deficit anymore. It starts to upregulate that. That subconscious movement might start to come back and you may burn a few little extra calories in the few days or few weeks after that diet break. And it can allow you to be more accurate with tracking after. We often talk about guilt in dieting being a bad thing. And on the whole, it is. We don't want anyone feeling guilty when they have a meal off plan. It, it's, it's part of that process. But it can do two things by using guilt as a powerful motivator. First, if you have more food one day than, than you normally been used to, it's natural to feel like we've overeaten. It's naturally feel a little bit concerned about this. And in turn, we're probably getting more accurate with our tracking on the day afterwards because we kind of want to make up for the fact that we ate more yesterday. And all the tracking errors that we may have accumulated over the last few weeks and months with our portion sizes slowly increase, just dial back in and we find that we get back to the calories we initially thought we were on rather than the calories that we've ended up on before the diet break. It also shows us that's you know, often when someone has a high day, they drop weight, they look better, they feel better, they perform better. And it takes away this fear that more food will automatically mean fat gain and takes away a lot of the mental barriers towards continuing on with the diet or to disordered eating by breaking up that diet. So now we've gone into why why you would have a high day. What are the symptoms that you may need a refeed? So let's talk about from a mental perspective first. Accuracy starting to drop after a period of being on it? Are you stopping weighing your food? Have you found that weight loss has started to stall because we're just sort of snacking and we're adding more things in? We're going out for dinner a little bit more often. We're adding sauces onto things. We've just lost that energy and drive. Sometimes having that mental break is enough to get us back on it again. A big increase in food focus when we're worrying about every portion, every calorie, every gram of food to the point where it becomes a detriment. Sometimes then having a mental break from the diet is a good thing just to give us that reset and understand that it's okay to have a little bit more. You know, often people get so freaked out when they have, a, let's say, 1500 calories and they, let's say they're in a thousand calorie deficit, so their maintenance is two and a half thousand. They think of the 1800, they've gone over their calories for the day and they're not going to lose any more fat. When in reality, there are 3,500 calories in a pound of fat. You need to be in a surplus of 3,500 calories on one day to gain a pound of fat. Now, if you want a thousand calorie deficit, that's an extra four and a half thousand calories that you'd need to gain that pound of fat. So in reality, any weight gain overnight is not going to be body fat gain. But people tend to get that fixation of it where they think, oh, if I go slightly over, oh my God, I can't do that. Sometimes having the refeed is just that mental reset to go, okay, it's okay. I've got a bit of leeway in here. And it, as long as we don't get complacent, that can generally help the mental headspace around dieting. The last one for the mental symptoms is the big drop in motivation. If we feel like we're on this endless hamster wheel of dieting, we're feeling it's a slog, we're dragging our feet, we can't be bothered, we don't really want to do it anymore, we're going to crash and burn very quickly. And we're going to find that we're not going to be able to stick to the diet long enough to get the results that we're looking for. You know, we've got to play the long game here and taking one step back, even if it, is, if it isn't, even is a step back, sorry, to take three forward is worth it in this situation. I would rather taking one to five days at maintenance calories to allow you to get 20 to 25 weeks in a deficit to get you the results you need rather than going hard for five weeks crashing and burning and never touching your diet again now let's look at some of the physical symptoms the physical symptoms are the things where we are going to start to see a down regulation hormones these are the other symptoms to look for as well as a plateaued fat loss so 
low core body temperature. Thyroid, one of the things that our thyroid hormone does is regulates our body temperature. So if we start to see our body temperature drop, and since since the pandemic, you know, we're getting our temperature checked everywhere. If we start to drop into the 35s or below, you're probably finding that your thyroid is slightly downregulated. Now these Temperature checks we often do are very, you know, inaccurate, but things like cold arms and legs, you know, struggling to stay warm, this is maybe a sign that your thyroid needs a bit of looking at and maybe a time for a period of high calories. Low libido. Guys, do you wake up with morning wood? It sounds silly, it sounds personal, but it really does indicate a lot of things. A lot of guys think it's normal to, to not wake up, you know, with an erection and to have absolutely no sex drive it's not it's a sign of low testosterone and it's signed something to get looked at especially if you're getting towards middle age this is something that's going to happen anyway to most people this is something to be extra careful of um, massive drops in performance in the gym so things like our weight's just not going down we're picking up more niggles we're just not recovering from sessions this could be a sign as well as well as a massive energy drop if we're just feeling tired and lethargic all the time this could be a sign that i thought it's a little bit low um but it's important that we look at other courses first oftentimes people go they, they have a day where they feel a bit tired they go need a refeed and in reality they don't they could have been a bad night's sleep overstressed not taking time for themselves not having a break all these other factors that could influence your energy your performance things like this but if all those things are in place and you're still getting these things consistently over a period of time maybe this is time to start looking at bringing your food up and out of a diet for a little while so we're going to go into some of the strategies. What approaches are we going to have to bring somebody's food up? And the length of refeed depend, you know, is dictated based off the goal that you're looking to achieve from it. So let's start with the short ones. A free meal, a cheat meal, as someone would like to call it. Now, I don't like the term cheat meal because it assumes that there's good and bad foods and that you are cheating on your diet, which in turn can make you probably feel more guilty about having this. I would just consider it as one meal where we have what we want. Don't worry about tracking it. Just have a mental break from the diet. This is great for a mental break, but it doesn't really have any upregulation in NEAT or hormones, really. It's there for a mental true break from the diet. I would recommend here go one meal out having a starter, or one main and then a starter or a dessert, not both. Ensure protein remains high in this meal and having some of a form of veggies is beneficial. Why do I need some form of protein here? It just makes, means that we just manage the calories without thinking about it. If we have some more protein to eat that first, that could be the difference between half a bowl of chips and getting full and having extras and going home and eating 20 cookies. I would also recommend the one plate rule. If you're going for this, have your plate, have your dinner. When that meal is finished, you're done. You're not going back home and adding things back onto it and you get straight back onto the plan the next day. Strategy number two is the one day high day. So this is a, it has minimal upregulation because it's too short to really upregulate hormones, but it's good to not only get a middle of a mental break from the diet, but it's also good to replenish glycogen stores and it's good to upregulate meat. A good time for a one day high day is when you're about to make a big push towards the end of a diet. If you're about to drop calories, sometimes maybe one day just to upregulate everything in terms of meat and just performance and feeling good and just get yourself ready for that drop is a good place it also could be something that if you're going pretty hard on the diet throwing in these the leaner you get these one day high days more regularly once twice a week can help offset any muscle loss um, but that is done by a case-by-case -case basis 
The next thing is the diet break. The diet break would normally be around about three to seven days in duration, and this would be around about maintenance calories, if not slightly above. This will have a bigger upregulation hormones, and this is there should be every four to six months. This is a good thing to include just to make sure we're not having the negative side effects of being in a deficit too long. Upregulate hormones, make sure we're not losing too much lean tissue, and just give us a mental, true mental break from that diet. Um, this is a really good strategy to include, as I said, at the end of a diet, or if we're having, if someone has a lot of weight to lose, if you have a lot of weight to lose, breaking up those dieting periods by a bit of time and maintenance calories, just so the body doesn't feel like it's in a deficit for a period of time. The last approach I'm going to go into is the diet pit stop. And the diet pit stop is a planned diet break made at the start of a diet. And this is something that's good for, the, good for motivation at the start. It just allows you to break a 20-week diet into six weeks, one week at maintenance, six weeks, one week at maintenance, or whatever duration you feel you can go for a diet. One question I do on our initial strategy calls at May Coaching is I ask, how long do you feel you could give all in 100% on the diet? And everybody on day one, they're super motivated and they just tell me, yeah, I can, I can do the whole 24 weeks. And I'm like, okay, realistically, how, what have you got in the, in the diary? Oh, I've got a holiday in six weeks. Cool. Let's have that there. Let's have that as a planned diet break. This could be something we can plan around our holidays, plan around our big calendar events. You know, this can be something that we can make factor our life into our diet rather than the other way around. We're taking Tupperware boxes to Tenerife with us. Um, but if somebody says, I think I could do eight weeks before a pit stop, I would recommend putting it in a week before because always when you start the diet we're always super positive and super motivated and think we can go harder than we can there is no shame in breaking it up into two smaller chunks so before i let you go and you know get back onto your diet plan your high days i want to go into some top tips to maximize your high days the first one is to plan it in advance it's so easy when we've been so regimented for so long to let this kind of get away from us and end up in this massive 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 surplus and that it's hard to sort of get back on the wagon yeah i would always recommend planning your calories ahead of time rather than retrospectively afterwards trying to buffer calories afterwards it's just a different mental connotation with food so plan ahead know what you're going to have if you're going out to a restaurant look at the menu plan some good options so we don't go crazy when we arrive you know if we're having a big a big, just a big high carb day and it's going to be still really fairly regimented know what you're having know your meal timings and then you just feel a little bit more in control understand on a high day that carbs are more effective than high fats Carbs have a bigger impact on upregulating thyroid, neat, glycogen reserves. So a higher carb approach is probably more beneficial unless you just really crave some fatty, fatty foods and you haven't had cheese in 12 weeks and you want a bit of cheese. That is fine. But understand if you're doing this from a performance and optimal perspective, high carbs is going to be more beneficial here. Go easy on the fiber. This is one I've, I've learned the hard way. You know, I had a, had a client who you know, a number of years ago when I was a young PT that didn't have a great relationship with food. And I wasn't really aware of this at the time. And when I gave him his high day, he was so worried about overeating that he decided to try and do his 300 grams of carbs from stir fry vegetables alone. Now, if anyone knows a little bit about fiber, soluble, insoluble fiber, it can get you, if you have a bit too much of it, it can clog you up, let's say. And he struggled to go for about a week and it did not impact his gut health or his physique positively whatsoever. And from then I learned the lesson of just make sure when I go to client on a high day, let them know, go easy on the fiber, pull back on the veggies a little to allow for some of the extra carbohydrates and just make sure that we're, you know, we're, we're managing our digestive health optimally as we can. 
I would recommend, as we said earlier, with carbs being higher, keeping fats moderate to low is probably of benefit here, um, just so we can ramp those carbohydrates up uh, and make it as easy to digest as possible. A good training strategy here, if you want to make the most of this time with higher calories, is to train some of your weaker muscles on this day. When someone has a high day, I often say, go and train shoulders and arms, go and train back, go and train that weaker body part, because now you can put that extra fuel to good use, get a big pump, have a really good training session, and maybe stimulate a little bit of growth, even though you're in a dieting phase. Remember, it's not a cheat day. Now, when we have that free meal, that's cool. Go and have what you want. That The purpose of that is a mental break. But understand when that meal finishes, that's it. A lot of times the problem when people overeat is not that meal that really messed them up. That meal and the grand scheme of things, if we look at 20 weeks worth of meals, didn't touch the sides. However, if, if that meal turns into Friday, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, and we just will start again on Monday and we hit that fuck it button, that can be easily the extra 3,500 calories and more to getting a few pounds of fat extra. So remember it's on the cheat day, go into it with a little bit of planning, go into it with a little bit of understanding of where's too much and where that limit is, and just know that you know it's there for a mental break, not as a fuck it button. Avoid going super clean. You want to find a balance here. I see a lot of people with their high days not really having that mental break or affecting their digest system by ramping up the fiber because they're trying to do three, four hundred grams of carbs, super clean vegetables and, you know, fibers, you know, rice and potatoes and oats. You know, this is supposed to be that break. There is nothing wrong with going, having a little bit of food that you enjoy. So go and have that little bit. Find that balance between it's a mental break from the diet, but not a cheat day. And don't go super clean that you just you just eat three times as much of the foods you already have and it just doesn't become enjoyable. Have some of the things you miss. Have some of those things that you be, you know you want in your diet that you can't normally fit in. Um, understand lastly, understand that weight will increase, but should be back down within three to five days. The weight you gain on the scale the next day after a refeed, it will not be body fat especially if you follow all the tips up until this point. There's going to be a fact there's going to be more food in your stomach. That's going to weigh stuff. There's going to be more glycogen in your muscles. That's going to weigh something. There's going to be a number of factors here, a bit of water retention that comes in with the carbs. None of those are fat. None of those are bad things. They're all good things. You are going to weigh a little bit heavier. Don't worry about it. This is just going to fuel performance. This is going to fuel gaining a little bit of tissue. But if you get back on your diet the next day, this should normalize, as I said, within three to five days. So they're my top tips about having a refeed. Hopefully this has been helpful. If you have any questions about refeeding, dieting, training, or anything at all, go follow me at Kingsley Dutton on Instagram, drop me a DM, and I'll happy to help out. And I will see you on the next Solo Solutions.